0: You need to know what's happening. It's it's time to get In the Huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. My man Brian Baldinger is here. He's watched all the tape. He's broken down all the things as we get ready for another week in the NFL. We are going to preview, guys, what's coming up this week. Thursday night, Sunday night. Sunday, full slate of games. We'll get to all of that. Baldy, how you doing this morning, man?
1: Carl, I'm great. I'm great. You know, it's just um for anybody out there, not just our in our industry. But you know like when you can wake up in the morning and it's all like you've you've got all the work done. Like you know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's in the barn. Yes. Now you just get a chance to talk about it and refine it whatever. Like I got like I'm in good shape here, man. I got most of the stuff I have to get done for all the different networks i so I'm, I'm, I'm here just loose, ready to talk football with you, buddy.
0: Well, last week was crazy. Every week has been very intriguing, and we've got some games to look forward to. I want to start with the one that you're going to be at, Seattle Chargers. We saw the Chargers with a uh, – listen, that offense is troublesome, and I don't yeah. know if, if Brandon Staley is holding back Justin Herbert. I don't know how you feel about this, but it was almost like the Broncos and the Chargers last week were saying, who can be worse, okay? Yeah. And the game was was very difficult to watch. Chargers in with the you know a game winning field goal in overtime, but tell me what you see because Seattle's given up about 27, 28 points a game. You walk into the building, Baldy, they're giving up touchdowns, and here here the Chargers are struggling. You know, offensively, at least in my eyes, what do you see heading into this weekend?
1: Well, you know, if you look at the if you look at the Chargers the week before in Cleveland, you know Austin Eckler had a career day, like almost two hundred yards of offense and touchdowns. Um, He scored six touchdowns in the last three weeks now. I mean, the guy's on his game, but they can't really run the ball, Carl. Like, you know, Slater's out, okay? They lost Corey Lindsley, all right? They, you know, the rookie right guard had been playing well, but had three holding calls the other night. You know, you're going backwards. Justin Herbert should not be throwing the ball, dropping back 60 times. Like, it's just, I don't care who you are. You know, it's hard to win a game throwing it that many times. But that's what they're, and, and really, he averaged, Carl, like about four yards of completion. They couldn't get the ball down the field, and they couldn't run it. So, you know, it took a special team's, you know, blunder on Denver's part to win the game. Otherwise, they lose that game, and they probably should have lost. So they have they have good players. Um, Eckler's a great player. Herbert's a great player. Derwin, you know, they've got some great players, but they don't look like a great team. Mm. You know, they've they got a winning record. That's good. You know, it'll it'll help get you know Keenan Allen back for sure. He's a difference maker, um, but they they just really struggled to run the football. Now Seattle is not a good defensive team. They got um, so we'll we'll see if the, you know they can take advantage of that. But I'll say this about Seattle: that Pete Carroll's unreal man. I call him Father <laughs> Pete. You know, he's like that. He's like that local priest that you just go talk to, you get yourself right. Because Pete's got some philosophies, Carl, that I love. And it's it it it's never changed. When he was at USC, I'm putting freshmen on the field. They're gonna make mistakes, but I'm playing my best my best talent, and we're gonna play him into experience. He's got six rookies starting right now. Six. He's got two rookie tackles, Cross and Lucas, rookie running back Kenneth Walker was he looked like he was playing Michigan last Sunday. Um, you know, you you look at Tariq Woolen, unbelievable player. I've nicknamed the shadow. Uh Kobe Bryant, Boye Mafe. He's got six rookies out there playing. And so they're they're not finished products yet, but they're pretty good players. And Geno Smith is unreal. I mean, he's, he's got the highest completion percentage in the league at 73% right now. Great, he's getting right? the ball to DK and to Tyler. Um, they're a big three tight end offense. They, they do a lot of stuff out of the three tight ends, protect the quarterback, run the ball. Like, they're a tough out right now because of the way that they play. They don't turn it over. They take it away. Um, they're, they're, they're going to give the Chargers everything they can handle.
0: It's interesting because all of a sudden, Baldy, that trade to Gil, you know, trade Russell Wilson away no doesn't look that bad, right? I mean, what you're no. seeing with the Broncos and now how the Seahawks have responded offensively to what you're talking about. And here's the deal. Pete's philosophy has kind of always been what? Run the ball, play good defense, right? Yeah. hes He doesn't need his quarterback, to your point, to throw it 50, 50 times. No. And so when Russ wanted to cook there, 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 became this, you know, this, this division because you don't need to do that to win, and
1: you're seeing it now with the way that they're doing their business. Well, a couple of things, Carl, and I'm not here to trash Russell Wilson. Obviously, sure. he's struggling. Yes, but maybe Pete and John Schneider in Seattle, maybe they saw something that we didn't see. You know, he did get hurt last year, and, and so a lot of things we just okay missed three games, first time in his career, but he's still Russell. Well, maybe he isn't. Maybe he isn't as elusive as he used to be. Um, so maybe Seattle just also, and the other thing is if you're paying your quarterback, Carl, $50 million, like you can't build, um, a great defense. You just can't, like, you can't put, uh, the Legion of boom in your secondary, if you're paying your quarterback, that kind of money. So, and it has allowed them to go out and, you know, draft some players and get under the salary cap and, you know, and, and so it, it's Gino's a, an affordable guy. You know, and he's playing at a very good level, very good level. Like he's the third highest rated quarterback in this league. And there's nothing, he doesn't seem to be, he's elusive. He's making the right reads. He's not turning it over. He's got two interceptions in six games, Carl. No fumbles. Like him and Jalen Hurts are taking care of the football. That sounds like a Pete Carroll type of quarterback to me. Big time.
0: It's in the huddle. It's Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes. Put him up. Glad you're here. Our man Jason Ford joins us every week as well as we go inside the NFL, guys, and inside the storylines as Baldy breaks down everything for us. All right. Let's transition to the Jets-Broncos because you just talked about Russell Wilson. I'll tell you what I think, and, and I'll let you take it. Okay. I think that Nathaniel Hackett right now looks like he is out of his league and I don't know if he is. He came from a situation in Green Bay, you're familiar with it, you're playing with Aaron Rodgers. It looks easy. And he comes in and the first thing he does or at least one of the things they do is they hire what, a, a, you know, a time management guy, right? A clock management coach. Yeah. Which is fine. It happens around the league. But the point is there's this learning curve that Baldy we know that happens with these coaches. And just because you're a great coordinator doesn't automatically mean you're going to be a great head coach. Mm -hmm. So he comes in, he gets Russell Wilson. Everybody says, oh, this is a wrap. Look at the weapons. This is going to be great. And then I'm hearing, okay, and I cannot deny or confirm the reports, but what's going on with the leadership in that locker room? And Russ is the guy, and everybody's kind of looking at him, and you're hearing stuff from the outside saying, hey, is it all working? So you add that on to the fact they're not scoring points. You add that on to the fact that the offense looks anemic and it's the worst red zone offense in the league. And then now you just said it. Russ has got all this pressure because you just got $245 million. So how do you fix what you're seeing with the Broncos offensively?
1: Well, they scored one touchdown in two games, Carl, and it's (laughs) been ugly against the Colts. And then, you know, on Monday night, it's been ugly. Um, It doesn't – They, you know, look, they bring in Latavius Murray off the street and he's now they're starting running back. Like you know, they 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 don't have great pieces. Like Jerry Judy, like he's sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not there. You know, Boldy, are the these guys to a good start? Like are these guys disappear.
0: getting open though outside? What are you seeing? Are these guys getting open?
1: It's a little bit of everything, Carl. Like they can get open. He's being missed. There, there's wrong reads on Russell's part. Maybe that's a new offense. Uh, he's looking in the wrong place. Somebody else is you know breaking free over here. Like, I, that's not always on the quarterback. Sometimes it's just like, oh, maybe this is the way we practice it. This is what I expect to happen. I know I was up there at um, Denver's training camp, and at the end of every practice, I was there for two of them. Russell had his entire receiving core in the red zone, like just play after play after play. And that's been their biggest weakness, and it was one of the great strengths of Russell Wilson is to be able to finish drives while he was in Seattle for 10 years. Yeah. And it's 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 a major weakness right now. Some of it is. Do they have the tight ends that can rule the middle of the field? They they don't look great to me. And so they I think they have some missing pieces. Uh, they started two backup offensive tackles in this game. So we want to put it all on Russell. Okay. But – and Russell made a couple of plays that looked like Russell the other night where, you know, he stepped up in a pocket. He got out of, um, you know, the grasp of, uh, you know, Khalil Mack and made a big play down the field. There's a couple of plays that you said, okay, that's a little bit like Russell, but it's just not nearly enough of them.
0: And the thing is the defense has given up 17 points a game. I mean, de- defensively, the Broncos are playing
1: really well, right? It's unreal. Like that defense, I can't figure it out exactly <laughs> what they're doing because it's, it, 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 they do a lot. Like, you know, Patrick Sertan is just, he's a lockdown guy. I mean, you saw it against Michael Williams the other night. He could take you out. I mean, just. If you're going to get something on Patrick Sertan, you better be one hell of a player and a great throw. Uh, but Justin Simmons back, comes back like they do a lot. They they show they show the exact same defensive secondary every play. Carl, cover two shell. Simmons is your right safety. Jackson's your left safety, and then from there at the snap they all move. So they they give you, they give you a lot of dressing window dressing. Um, they blitz their middle linebacker. Alex Singleton had 16 tackles last week. He's the backup. You don't even start. Jersey, Josie Durrell was out. They're getting pass rush. You know Baron Browning um, inside. You can't move those guys. Mike Purcell and they like you know D.J. Jones. Like you can't move those guys. They're just solid. So yeah. they're just so solid. Like the Jets are running the ball really well the last two weeks. But this is the best defense they've seen all year. So and, and Green Bay's got a good front, but they ran. Brees Hall ran for 120 yards. This defense, this offense, and for the third week in the now they're going to line up the same offensive line, and they're playing really well up front, um, but they're going to get challenged this week. This, this If the Jets are going to go to Denver and win this game, it's because Quentin Williams and their defensive line is just getting after Russell Wilson. And I'll say one thing. Sometimes, you know, Carl, we see these blowups on the sideline, and we immediately from the outside go, oh, there's problems. <laughs> So there was a blow up a month ago when the Jets played Cincinnati between Quinn and Williams and one of the defensive coaches. And it was, it was, you know, it was pretty public. What Quinn was basically saying was, would you stop blitzing? Let us do our job. Mm. And do you know, since then they stopped and the front four and they're eight or nine deep are doing their job. And sometimes you just clear the air right there. Like put it on, put it on us. We'll get the job. We'll get to the quarterback. And what's happened is, because they're not blitzing Carl, they're really sound in the back end now. Right. They got Sauce over here. He's really good. But, you know, the guys they brought in, Whitehead and, you know, DJ Reed, and, like, they're now they're playing really well on the back end, Carl, and they're not breaking down like they were in the first three weeks of the season. And so you can see this thing, young talent, pretty well coached, fixed some issues. Now they're playing well. Now they got to go to Mile High, tough place to play you know, and see if they can, you know, keep this thing rolling. Jets have won three in a row, uh,
0: surprisingly. I mean, you're talking about the Bills, the Jets, the Titans, the Chargers, and the Giants all have won three in a row. So now you got New York Baldy talking about Jets or Giants and who's really playoff worthy, you know, right now. And it's crazy because no one expected the Jets to do what they're doing right now. And it's certainly not the Giants. This was supposed to be like, hey, we're
1: two or three years away. So – you know, so I always, you know, it, it, people always want to project to the playoffs who's gonna, who's in, who's out. Like at some point, if you're going to be a playoff team, Carl, you got to stack W's together. So the teams you just mentioned are stacking wins. You know, Tennessee was written off early. Here they are. Jets written off early. Here. So who can stack the fourth win this week? You know, and so when you look at the Giants, you know I, I've been a friend of Wink Martindale for a long time, mm-hmm. and um, he is. You know, he always has been wanted to be a head coach, Carl. Always, you know, one of those guys. Whether he gets a chance or not, who knows? But one thing he does, like he knows how to talk to players, man to man, like a real, like so. You get a guy like Dexter Lawrence, you know, top flight pick, you know, a stud out of Clemson, hadn't really done much. Looks like an all world player right now. So I I go to Wink, like what what changed? So he said, "Look, I just looked at him, him and Big Cat Williams, and I said, both you guys." Should be in the Pro Bowl. They've never been in the Pro Bowl. None, of, none of them have. Fifth pick in the draft. You know, tw- twelfth pick in the draft. Never been in the Pro Bowl. He said, "Both, if you guys aren't in the Pro Bowl this year, that's on me." He goes, "That's my job. My job is to unleash the power within you." And those guys are playing dominant football up front. Now, what they're doing with Kayvon, Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, like. Like, it's, it's it's really good. It's really good. Like, these teams can't score against them when they have to score. Kayvon got the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands. Mm-hmm. And then they struggle offensively, Carl, because they're not that good. You know, but, you know, by golly, two rookies last year, last week, you know, Dale Robinson at Kentucky, Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State. They scored touchdowns. Like I can't remember the last time the Giants had two rookies score touchdowns in a game. Like, I don't know. Like, I, maybe Parcells had a couple that did it, but like, it's been a long time. But they just – they just they hang in there, they hang in there, and then they're not beating themselves right now, Carl. And That quarterback, that's what he has done. He's been a turnover machine the first four years. He's not doing that right now. It's the ultimate coaching job in this league by Brian Dable and Wink Martindale.
0: It's a great point. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes. In the huddle, guys, as we look ahead to this week's matchups, Baldy's going to be in Seattle uh, doing the Seattle Chargers game, as a matter of fact. That, that in L.A. That. Yeah, games in L.A. What by the way, SoFi is beautiful, isn't it? Isn't that a beautiful it's stadium? So beautiful. It's it really is. Uh, it, it's the it's the crown jewel right now. I mean, I, I'm in Atlanta. I know Mercedes Benz is beautiful, but SoFi and the setting it's it's just great. Yeah. Um, so going the Giants going to Jacksonville, Jacksonville three point favorite at home this week.
1: Matt I'm Ryan, more, I'm a little confused by that. To be honest, me too. That's why I'm, I'm saying, confused. wait a
0: minute. And and the irony is to your point, Baldy. You know the Giants are running the ball. They're averaging about 163 yards a game. Okay, Jacksonville's running it, but they're averaging about 136. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay. The one thing that that jumps out at me for Jacksonville is, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence, but Christian Kirk, right? They signed him in the offseason. They gave him a lot of money, and I remember talking about it, going, I don't know if Christian Kirk is worth this. And he's got four touchdowns, right? Mm -hmm. They probably should have won last week, and Matt Ryan just did Matt Ryan things at the end of that game, and they end up losing. But they're at home. Here come the Giants. You said it. One three in a row. So what's up with Jacksonville and what and what Coach Doug is doing there? Because I think again, Doug Peterson, unbelievable. He's done an unbelievable job. You went from what I thought was an unprofessional environment. We understand Urban Meyer, great college coach, to Doug coming in and going, okay, let, let, let's get this right. And I think he's done a really good job there.
1: I do too. They've been in every game. Even the Eagles loss. It was 29 21. Um, you know, they 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 made it a game. After jumping out fourteen nothing in a in a rainstorm, they're they're well coached. I mean, look, I but when I saw the line on it, Carl, I was like, eh, I don't know, but like I can see, like there's it's a home field thing, but there's not really a home field advantage in Jacksonville. I mean, that you know, they're still they're still coming. You know, it's just not uh, you know you're just not going to get the atmosphere you're going to get in some of these other places, but. Uh, the one thing I'll say is the offense makes a lot of sense. They got, you know, I think Travis Etienne might take that job from James Robinson, but either way, Doug's always going to have a, a running back by committee. He believes in that. Uh, he, he's done it in Philly. They'll um, have three or four backs carry the ball. They have some just young talent, man. Like, you know, you know, this, this rookie middle linebacker, Devin Lloyd, like he's all world, Carl. Like he could do everything. Denver comes off the field. He can defend. He can run. He can, like he, He's all over the place. He's a really good player. And Trayvon Walker looks like he could be a dominant player. He has been dominant at times. Um, they've, got a, they've got a lot of talent, a lot of young talent there. So there's that will, that will be like a lot of these giant games. It's going to come down to the last drive, the last two drives of the game to see who can make those plays just like it did for Jacksonville in Indianapolis. Seems like you can say that about almost every game this year in this league, Carl, but This is going to be a very close game. And I I just think it comes down to who can make, who can force the mistake at the end of the game um, to swing the balance of that game.
0: Presented
1: by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
0: Um, Cleveland, Baltimore, and uh, Lamar Jackson, I'm looking at this. Fourth quarter turnovers. Five fourth quarter turnovers for Lamar Jackson. You could arguably say the Ravens have blown two games because they were up big and then allowed teams to get back in it. I know the defense is not what it what everybody expected to be, which is why we've seen Harbaugh right leave his offense on the field at times mm-hmm. when maybe he should have not. But what do you make of the five fourth quarter turnovers for Lamar? Because is he pressing? Is, is this a matter of just a couple of mistakes that happen? Um, And I'm not even talking about the contract that's going to happen. Listen, the Ravens are idiots if they don't pay Lamar in the offseason because it's too hard to start over. We know the deal. But what do you think is going on in the fourth quarter when Lamar gets in these situations? I think two of these turnovers were inconsequential. Two of them were huge where you lost the game. What Mm -hmm. do you think, Baldy?
1: Well, I mean, you know, he's carrying the ball down at his waist when Kayvon Thibodeau poked it out, you know, to end the game. They had a chance to go down the field and go win it, you know, and that's what you got to do if you're the franchise quarterback. And Kayvon, you know, knocked it out. It was good play by Kayvon, his first sack. Um, I think some of it is pressing. Uh, they could have easily won the Miami game. That's the That was the monster collapse um, because in that game, Lamar was almost flawless in the game. If they catch the ball, you know, in the fourth quarter, Miami doesn't even get a chance to get the ball back. Rookie dropped it. I think he does press some. I think he is expected to be this magician sometimes. And quarterbacks just, they they can feel like that, but you can't expect that because the defenders in this league are too good. And so you just can't pull rabbits out of your hat and just, you know, magical runs and incredible throws. Like he's capable of all that, all the highlights, but sometimes, you know, okay, this is it. We got to go get it done. You try to do too much. And the, the problem is you can't put your team like the week before he did it against Cincinnati. He had the twenty yard run to get Justin Tucker in position to go win that game, but they're not scoring a lot of points right now, and you know the score they're they're down, and you know there's there talk that like they just signed Deshaun Jackson. So uh, did they sign Deshaun? Carl? Yes, they yes, did. yes. So you say to yourself, they just signed the week before. They just signed uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. Now you just signed Deshaun Jackson. So you say to yourself, why, why are you signing these? Nothing against either player. But we all know they're long, long in the tooth. Sure. So they're signing Jason Pierre-Paul because, like, we can't get to the quarterback. Let's find somebody that can. And then they can't take the top off the defense. There's no Marquise Brown there. I don't know what goes on with Sean Bateman. Like, he's out of lineup. They don't have speed to open things up. And so, to me, they're, they're just grabbing at straws right now trying to fix the roster. And maybe maybe the, this is going to be the right fix. Generally, it never is. Like, they've drafted six receivers in the last three drafts, Carl, and you're going out and signing 38-year-old Deshaun Jackson. Like, there's something missing on that team right now. Clayus Campbell is back for his 16th year. Like, they got a lot of age out there. Yeah, yeah. And it's a long season. It's It's hard to expect guys at that age to be the players that we once thought they were. It's a great point. Baldy, um,
0: I'm watching the Falcons. <laughs> they punched the 49ers in the face last yes. week. Okay, yep. And I got to tell you, I was, I was shocked because mm-hmm. even though the 49ers were dealing with those injuries up front, that's a big, physical, tough team defensively. And Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons, came out and didn't change a damn thing. He said, we're going to run the football. I don't care who's back there. No Cordell Patterson. It doesn't matter and they ran it down the 49ers' throat. And I got to say this. They controlled the entire game. Yep. And so I'm watching this. They go to Cincinnati this week. Since he's a a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home, and I get it, Burrow coming off the win against New Orleans. Those weapons, Chase, Boyd, Higgins. And now the Falcons are dealing with corner issues because Casey Hayward is on the injured reserve. And now you've got the other corner in A.J. Terrell, who's one of the best in the league, I believe, some kind of leg injury. We're, we think he's going to play. Where are you at with what you saw with the Falcons? And my bigger question, Baldy, can you win with Marcus Mariota throwing it 15 times? Because that's what he did last week.
1: Well, they got a formula. And you're right. I mean, took the opening drive right down. The, like, San Francisco, I know they are without Boza and Armstead, blah, blah, blah. But they took the opening drive right down the field Carl. Like, they, they made a statement the beginning, I saw Fred Warner in body positions, like on his back that I've never seen Fred Warner in like, they went right at him. So credit the offensive line, Caleb Huntley, you know, Algier, like, like they, you know, and then the big boys, you know, Pitts and and London, they did things in the run game too. Like they're good blockers, you know, and then, you know, you get, you get the touchdown from Pitsy and like they did enough defensively though. I love this Falcons defense, Carl. I love Daquan Graham. I love Arnold Eba Ebe- Ebe- I love uh the rookie linebacker. Um, you know, so Anderson,
0: Troy Anderson.
1: Troy Anderson, Adam. Yeah. Like those guys fly to the football. They just fly. Um, this, you know, Jalen Hawkins, like, like they're just like they show up every week, you know, and this they're they're fun to watch. Um, they are so disruptive. So, here's the deal. Like, Cincinnati's offense lines, I don't care what says; it's a mess. So, last week in New Orleans, literally Joe Burrow completed 20 passes that were seven or eight yards. Like, like, and even the final touchdown throw to Jamar Chase for 60 was an eight-yard out. And he made two guys miss, and he went to the house. Like, they can't get – like, so everybody's just playing this cover-two shell on him, and they're, like, saying, okay, Joe Mixon beat us because we're not getting – you can't. So I think, you know, Dean is going to see what all these teams are doing to Cincinnati right now and go on this offense line. Like they're going to, Brady Jarrett and Daquan, they're going to eat inside. Like they're, they're going to be disruptive. Like they're just not very good, period. And they're not going to get better because that's who they are. Lyle Collins, like Alex Kappa, like the rookie left guard. Like it's just, so that to me is where the game is because everybody's getting Joe Burrow. Like, I, I hope he can stay healthy for the whole season. But, mm-hmm. man, does he take a beating every week. So that's part of it. Now, I know the rookie corner, you know, whoever they line up at corner, I don't know either. Yeah,
0: yeah. It may be D. But, the, the
1: but they're going to get safety help every play. They're, they're, their safety is going to sit there. They're going to sit on top of this stuff. And they're going to try and keep it all in front of them. And that might be a pretty good formula. Cincinnati's defense is good, though. They're, they're very solid. They're very sound. They're not San Francisco. They don't have that speed, but, but they're healthy. Like all their guys are up and playing good football. so But if you run the ball against Cincinnati the way they have been doing, um, it really sets them up for the long term that this line, the backs, the system, like they're on the right path. Can we talk
0: D-line for a second? Because I saw your breakdown of Grady Jarrett. Uh, Check out Baldy's breakdowns. He puts this stuff out every week, and, you know, it, it gives you a little bit of insight into kind of some of the stuff that we talk about. And this is the minutiae, right, of football. This is not just I'm watching a game with my boys on a Sunday and we're having brews. This is, this is how you win, okay? Yeah. So Baldy breaks down a play of Grady Jarrett, and there are numerous plays out there that you do every week. But I see Grady last week against the 49ers, uses hands, big defensive lineman, gets through the, the, the offensive lineman's block, gets off the block, as we like to say, right? Get yeah. off the block. Here comes a pulling offensive lineman takes this block on gets off that block and yeah. gets in on a running play so in essence he's beating two guys on the o line that they're trying to get you know get him neutralized and I'm saying this is why Grady is playing so well but how do you how do you explain it Baldy because you talk about interior defensive play right now who's who's balling out
1: well <clears throat> there's three guys in this league right now that are just dominant Interior defense lineman. Grady, Quinn and Williams or, yeah, Quinn and Williams up in New York, and Jeffrey Simmons in Tennessee. Those three guys are playing as well as anybody in this whole business. So, I mean, you know, the adjective I would use for Grady is he's just possessed. But, okay, <laughs> possessed. I think Dean Pease has allowed him the freedom to just go. Like, just use your quickness. Use your ability to defeat blocks, get off blocks, penetrate. Like, you play your style. <clears throat> we'll we, we've got linebackers here and Rashawn and you know and Troy like we'll we'll f- we'll build the system and our run fits around your movement inside. And I feel like they just like turn it loose. This is your strength. Let's play to your strength. Mm. He's not too gapping. He's not reading, <clears throat> but he does read plays on the fly. Like there's a couple guys in this league, Max Crosby, uh, great, like they read these plays they're a step ahead of where it's coming, whether it's a trap, wham, combo, you know, outside zone, like he's reading it, lickety split. And so when I watch him, I'm like, I remember, you know, his coach at Clemson, he was a fifth round pick, right, Carl? So I remember when his coach, you know, that coach is good at Clemson, but he remember when he came out of the draft, he said this, and they were putting guys in the NFL, like waves of them, right? He goes, this player, Grady Jarrett, is the best guy I've ever coached. Wow! And that's a that, that that I mean, always I've never forgotten that. And then I'm watching him this year, and you know he's been a good player. This he's on a whole different level right now.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I'm I'm boys with Grady. I talk to him all the time. His off season workout plan. He's committed. to all right. I know. I, I definitely was. He
1: he, he's oh, committed. You make sure, you tell Grady that I got my eyes on him, man. I'm loving watching him.
0: Well, he's balling out, and there's the, the, it's good to see, especially in the interior defensive line. Baldy, one more game before we get out of here. Yeah. Kansas City, San Francisco. Let's talk about it because Kansas City's coming off that. I don't want to say. Well, did you feel like it was an emotional loss? Because I just felt like the hype going into a regular season game with the Bills last week it had a playoff feel to it, right? Oh, and and uh, and, and the Bills, you know, they handled business so. Do we see a letdown from Kansas City after feeling like, "Hey, these guys—they're not as good as us," and then they go into Kansas City and beat them?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a great game, and you know, Josh Allen—they just, just got out Joshed. I mean, Josh <laughs> is that know, a term we're going to use? Just, I mean, he just, I mean, he made some throws that just—I mean, he just—but they, you know, one thing that they did was they really committed to the run. And I was talking to the offensive line coach, Aaron Cromer of Buffalo, and it was the way that they ran. Devin Singletary had 85 yards rushing. And Josh had his, you know, there's the way that they ran the, the type of runs to be able to handle Chris Jones and inside, who's a handful. And the 49ers are gonna have the same issues. Like Chris Jones could dominate the interior of your of your offensive line. So this is a big game for San Francisco. They're at home, they're they're off a terrible loss in Atlanta. They were on the road for two weeks, they're you know, practicing in West Virginia, and they looked awful. So Kansas City, though, the one thing irritates me about Kansas City. And, I like, Andy Reid hates this. But, like, they just abandoned the run. They just abandoned it. And they just put it all in Mahomes all the time. Mm-hmm. And they did it against Buffalo. Now, Buffalo's a good defense, very good defense. But, like, those guys up front, you know, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey and Zeus, and like, that's their strength is run blocking. And they got two good backs in Edwards Lair and, and uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Like, I just think they got to get back to, like, some level of commitment to it. I know Andy – wants to come out of the tunnel and just throw it and get a lead and run it to, you know, to melt the clock. But I just think like they don't have the one play threat with Tyreek. They've got to kind of dink and dunk and they'll get it to Kelsey and they'll spread it around, but they don't have that home run threat right now. And so I just feel like, man, the run game is going to help Mahomes. And it's going to help their offense and it's going to help their play action pass. So I want to see if they kind of bounce it up a little bit more than they did a week ago. Nicole Hardman, is he supposed to be that guy to take the top off? Well, I mean, he's got speed, but he's not that guy. He's just, okay. he doesn't have that type of, you know, to, to, to be, to be Tyreek, it's not about his size. It's about his, like, the way that he presents himself. Like, he plays big, he's got a great vertical, but, like, just his aggressive style, going to the ball, attacking the ball, um, going to chase it from anywhere on the field, how fast his eyes are to the ball. Like he just plays so much bigger mm. and he's got a presence about him. And McCole's fast. He's a good player. He just doesn't have, he doesn't have Tyreek in him.
0: It's interesting. We'll see if the Chiefs respond. It's always good to talk to you, Baldy. And check it out, guys, in the huddle. We do it every week. Subscribe. We put these episodes out Tuesday, Thursdays, Jason Lockham four. Brian Baldinger. It's going to be another great week. Hey, have a great call. Seattle Chargers want to see how this week plays out. Guys, believe it or not, we're we're almost to the halfway point, right? I mean, seriously, yeah. you start Come looking at quick. the season. Yeah, uh, we're almost there. And we've already learned so much about these teams in the NFL. Baldy, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week, bro. Thanks, Carl. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.